Hey guys, how are you today? It's Tom with Watchman River. I got quite a lot of stuff I want to get to, but I hope you guys are well. And uh, this is quite a time to be alive. I got to tell you, it is quite a time to be alive. The clouds are still here in Connecticut, although I did get a little bit of sun yesterday. A tiny bit came out, so that's good. Uh, listen to this before I get to heavier stuff. Uh, Craig in the comments yesterday said to me, and, I, and I'm not really happy with him, I got to tell you, because he triggered me. He, he said, hey, you ever go to those places in Connecticut? I think he mentioned a place in Hamden, Connecticut, where they do steamed cheeseburgers. He said, I've never had it. Steamed cheeseburgers are a thing here in central Connecticut. I don't think they're anywhere else that I know of. I've never seen them anywhere else. And they it sounds nasty, steaming a, a, a burger. You think like, oh, it's going to be all wet and drippy. No, no, no. It's amazing. You wouldn't, you just wouldn't believe it. But they have places here and they all have these same kind of, I don't want to call them ovens because they're just, they're, they're metal boxes with trays in them and they just have a lot of steam coming through and they take the little metal rectangular box and they stuff ground beef in it and they throw it back in and it steams. And then they take another tray and they take literally a little block of cheddar cheese and they place it in there. Then after a little while, magic happens. They pull that beef out and they pour it. They just tip it over on a bun. It's not tripping or anything. And then they take out this cheese and it's just this pool of cheddar cheese and they dump it on top of the burger. It's just, oh, it's so good that I don't put any condiments on the burger. And that's not like me. I don't put ketchup or mustard or onion. I don't put lettuce, tomato. I want to taste that beef with, they use a really high quality beef and a high quality cheese amazing it's amazing so thanks craig you triggered me and now i see a steamed cheeseburger in my very near future <laughs> that's not a recommendation because most of you can't get that in where you live but if you do live in this area i highly recommend it there's a place in meriden connecticut called ted's that everyone knows about really good stuff but you know don't don't take that as i, I don't want you eating that stuff is not healthy <laughs> all right listen 2024 some people, you know, I told you that January went to like 58 or something. It felt like there was 58 days in January. It felt somebody in the comments said, man, January was the longest year of my life. And I laughed. Um, I really believe month by month, we are going to see rougher times leading up to this pre-tribulation rapture. We're waiting for the next prophetic event on the Bible prophecy calendar. I think we're going to see rough times leading up to this rapture. And, uh, my friend here, Bubba News, you've heard me many times talk about him. He's got a YouTube channel. He just doesn't do enough videos. And it's it's a search for it. It's a little hard. You got to search one word, B-U-B-B-A-N-E-W-S, Bubba News, one word, you'll find his channel. And he's just, he's smart as a whip. He has a great take on things and he never hypes dumb things. And I love that. So I, when I read something from him, 99.9% .9 of the time, I completely agree, and there's no hype, and I, I really like it. I really like it. But I want to share what he wrote on Telegram, because I wholeheartedly agree with this. Here it is. He said, I can't believe how everything is changing this year and how quickly the end is approaching. Each day going forward will continue to get crazier than the day before. Enjoy today while it's still fairly calm. If you haven't dug into end-time Bible prophecy lately, might I suggest you dig in while we still have time. Not much time left, though, in my humble opinion. 
2024 is the year of the poly crisis or experiencing multiple crises at once. The WEF predicts humanity will face a poly crisis, which will include nature, security, and public health. Sounds like Bible prophecy, doesn't it? Poly crisis, the generally recognized definition of a poly crisis is the simultaneous occurrence of several catastrophic events. Some of the largest dots include collapse of a systematically important supply chain, erosion of social cohesion, state collapse, large-scale involuntary migration, interstate conflict, collapse or lack of public infrastructure and services, and a cost-of-living crisis. Seriously, this is how he, he ended up, this was his last line, seriously, we all need to start thinking eternally while preparing locally. I completely agree. 2024 is different, and you better wake up. It's time to wake up. We are in the very last days. We're waiting for the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. But until that day comes, we are going to see, I believe, crazy things happen all around the world. All around the world. We saw in 2020 that these that crisis affected the entire world. I think it could be multiple crises you know, affecting the entire world now. It's a different time period. We're in the very last days. And I think what I want to say to you guys today, which is the most important thing I'll probably say this entire video is, if you're not in the Word of God right now, you're treading on dangerous ground. You need to be in the Word of God right now. Because if you're not picking up your Bible ever or listening to audio Bible or whatever, and there's no excuse. You can search for audio Bible on YouTube and you'll find every version, every chapter, you know. So if you're the type of person, well, I don't really like reading or my eyes aren't good or listen to it. You need to be in scripture or you're going to be bowled over by these end times. Do you agree with me? Please let me know if you do. If you are not in scripture, if you are not reading the word of God, you are going to be bowled over with what's about to happen in this world. I want to get to our little book here. Many of you owned it before I even showed it to you. This thing, God's promises for your every need. This is the new King James version. I think there's also a King James Version, and I want to read from, if you have this book, page 69. I don't sell these, but they're all over the place. You just search for it. They're at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. They're all, I, put, I picked mine up at Barnes & Noble right off the shelf when I was in there a few weeks ago. I love this thing. This, the, the section I'm going to get is on page 69. The Bible is your strength. Listen to these verses. Daniel, chapter 10, verse 19. And he said, O oh man, greatly beloved, fear not, peace be to you. Be strong, yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. That's what reading the word does. It's strength. Psalm 119, verse 28. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Isaiah Chapter 30, verse 15, for thus says the Lord God and the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength, but you would not. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. 
do another one. Let's do Colossians chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. All right. Another, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We get strength from re reading the word of God. It's so, so important. It's so important. There was a time in my life, I'm not going to get into the details. There was a time in my life where I wasn't in the word and something came along and I got bowled over. I mean, I got bulldozed into a very hard part of my life. And it was all because I wasn't rooted in the word. It's so important. I know I keep hammering this, but it is really important. In these last days, 2024, man, you're going to have to be a warrior to get through. You're going to have to really, really lean into Jesus until the day of this rapture. Because we are in really, really dark times. But man, that that the gospel message is brighter than it's ever been. And yes, we trust Jesus. We lean into him. And he's going to grab hold of us and get us out of here. And that's going to happen soon. But this world is going crazy. It's all falling into place for the seven-year tribulation. All of it. All of it. All right. Let's look at what's going on. Uh, <laughs> this won't surprise you because it seems like it almost happens daily now. But large explosions reported in the Syrian capital, Damascus. They said, an, uh, a Jerusalem Post said an IRGC member killed in the alleged Israeli airstrikes near Damascus. It's right in the outskirts of Damascus. They And then a little later, they updated and said at least three Iranian advisors were killed in the bombing attributed to Israel in the Damascus area. So once again, you know, usually they're getting the airport. I've always told you, you know, if you want to own a successful business, you just own a paving company that specializes in airports and go, go to Damascus because they bombed that runway. Israel has bombed that, I swear, at least 10 times in the last two years. So that's, you know, that's a business idea for you. <laughs> Next, let's look at uh, Harbinger's Daily. Mark Hitchcock, really love that brother. He did a great article. Iran has become a proxy of Russia and they may have just crossed the line, is what the article is called. I'm reading a, two paragraphs. Right now, the Middle East is a boiling cauldron whose lid could blow off at any moment. A powder keg whose fuse could be easily and quickly lit. And how? Just this week, the U.S. Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, issued a strong warning saying that the incredibly volatile Middle East hasn't been so dangerous since the 1973 Yom Kippur War. And that's quite a statement. The Qatari Minister of Foreign Affairs on Tuesday, whose country has been involved in the hostage negotiations with Hamas, said that regional tensions are dancing on the edge and ready to boil over. They, that is completely accurate. You look at what's going on in the Middle East right now, it's incredible. We are on the verge of World War III, but I'd say that not to trouble you because I really think the rapture is going to... Nukes aren't going to be flying before we're raptured. Maybe one somewhere, maybe two somewhere, but it's not going to be the, this World War III with nukes flying all over the place and we're here. You know, that's not... That's 
that's not according to the Bible. We, you know, nobody would survive. You know, we're going to, we're going to get raptured before that World War III fully blows apart. But oh my goodness, it is a, it is really a dangerous time in the world. It's a time when I wouldn't want to be navigating this world without Jesus. No way. I can't imagine if you knew what's, if you know what's going on in the world. All right. Let me tell you this quick story. Yesterday, I met a guy in Walmart. He works there. And big, big guy, really tall guy. And he uh, he said, you know, I said, how I we see each other almost every morning. And I said, kind of said, how's it going? And and he said, man, I, I'm just trying to, he had hurt his hand. And, he, and I said, you're still working with the hurt hand. And he said, I have to. He goes, you see how crazy this, crazy this world is? It's crazy. Like, I don't trust my job will be here. And there's war is breaking out. Like, we're, we're on the verge of World War III and nobody knows it. And I said, yeah. I said, but you know what? Jesus is in control. And he just kind of looked at me. And I said, you, you just have to know what he did for you. You have to learn to trust him and know what he did for you. And he said, he, he, we ended up talking about that I do YouTube videos about Jesus coming soon. So he, he went to his phone and he subscribed to the channel and, and I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping he's watching and I'm, I'm really hoping seeds were planted and I see him all the time. So I'm going to continue, but he recognized, he recognized what's going on in this world. He sees it. And I think people are starting to see it, but man, if you don't have Jesus and you're looking at what's going on in the world, you're just going to get really nervous. Like, what am I going to do? What is going on? Jobs are disappearing. They're talking about wars. We're having border crises. They're talking about states fighting other states. What is going on? The end times. But don't worry. Jesus is not worried. This is from the Times of Israel. How Israel and Lebanon are preparing for a war neither wants, but many fear is inevitable. We all know that. The prospect of a full-scale war between Israel and Lebanon's Hezbollah terrifies people on both sides of the border, but some see it as an inevitable fallout from Israel's ongoing war against Hamas in the Gaza Strip. Such a war could be the most destructive either side has ever experienced. Israel and terror group Hezbollah each have learned lessons from their last war in 2006, a month-long conflict that ended inconclusively. They've They've also had four months of low-scale skirmishes to prepare for another war, even as the U.S. tries to prevent a widening to the conflict. It's coming. It's coming. What else? This is from Israel Today. Deal or no deal? Yeah, there's so much talk about these ceasefires and, and all the stuff that's going on. And, and yesterday, people were reporting, oh, they came up with a ceasefire. Israel agrees to it. And, you know, and I looked at it. I'm like, there's no way Israel agreed to that. They were doing videos about it. And, you know, I was like, there's just no way. And, and of course, it was it was fake. You know, Netanyahu came out and said, no, 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 no. But there's a lot of talk. But this, like I said, Israel today, deal or no deal. It looks as though there will be no hostage deal this weekend, despite the stated optimism of Qatar and the Biden White House. Israel has agreed in principle to an extended ceasefire up to two months and, and an increase in humanitarian aid. Israel will not agree to a permanent ceasefire. Israel will not agree to withdrawal of the Israeli troops from Gaza, and they will not release thousands of jailed terrorists. 
Hamas says it is studying the proposals, but Hamas continues to demand a total ceasefire, guarantees that it remains control of Gaza, and at least 150 Palestinian prisoners freed per every Israeli hostage. He said a, more, a majority of Israelis do not agree to those terms, as seen in recent surveys, and if Netanyahu is pressured to accepting them, he will be committing political suicide. Definitely, no doubt, no doubt. No, it's unreasonable. It's unreasonable. I mean, we all want the hostages released. You know, children, grandmothers, women. Cowards. But, you know, and not at this price. Not at this price. Just pray for those people that have been held there and for their families. I can't imagine being a family member and just wondering what's going on every moment of every day. Amir Sarfati had a good one. He said, American pressure is increasing. There are reasons for this. Connect the dots together. Number one, the United States is currently only responding by talking about the killing of three American military personnel in an attack directed from Iran. Number two, Iran demands that the United States put pressure on Israel to end the war in Gaza. Number three, the U.S. is pushing for a hostage deal that includes a long ceasefire. Number four, Secretary of State Blinken directed his people to look into the possibility of American recognition of a Palestinian state at the end of the war. Number five, President Biden intends to issue a presidential order that will include sanctions on violent settlers. Number six, Israel's request to increase American aid will be considered, but no answer will be given until after the election. What is the conclusion of all this? The United States appeases Iran, gives in to its threats, and exerts, as the Iranians demand, increasing pressure on Israel. We should finally internalize this. The policy of the United States in the Middle East is the appeasement of Iran. It is ready to sacrifice our vital interest on the altar of continuing this policy. It won't help to close your eyes. Very important words. Very true. Very sad. Very sad. But that's really what is happening. But it's happened for quite a while. You know, we've given them so much money. So much money. What else? Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. You guys know the, the UNRWA. It's the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestine, Palestine refugees in the Near East. Okay, so here, here we go. So basically, it's a, you know, it's this United Nations agency, but they were found to have been 12 of their members of their staff were along for the ride on October 7th, and they were committing atrocities against Jewish people. So they got fired. And many, many countries have shut off the funding to the UNRWA. But here's where Clown World comes in, okay? UNRWA is nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize amid allegations workers took part in October 7th. Some dude from the Norwegian MP nominated that agency for a peace prize. Where's my clown world sound effect? Come on. That's sick. It's clown world. That's sick. All right. From Insider Paper. North Korea fires more cruise missiles 
in a testing spree. This dude is really, he's like, he's ready for war. North Korea fired multiple cruise missiles Friday, today, this morning. Seoul's military said continuing a fresh streak of weapons testing as Kim Jong-un's regime ramps up what it calls our war preparations. I call it rumors of war like Jesus did. Because we're seeing the birth pangs increase. Oh, don't get panicked about this, okay? I'm going to say this, but then I'll, I'll tell you something that'll ease your mind, okay? <laughs> An asteroid as big as a skyscraper will pass Earth on Friday, today. But don't worry, it's 1.7 million miles away. So the skyscraper's not going to hit your, your barn or anything or your house, all right? It's all good. It's all good, and Jesus is in control, always. But that's happening today. Earthquakes. Normal day lately, 38 over 4.0, the last 24 hours, and four, actually five, because one happened right before I hit record. So it's actually 39 over 4.0 and five over 5.0 in the last 24 hours. What happened here? Indianapolis, you guys in that area, let me know, but it, it, I saw a lot of video about this. BP Whiting Refinery suffers a power outage and evacuates employees and it shuts down Indianapolis Boulevard. They said it suffered a power outage. It was flaring its stacks and has evacuated some of its employees and is temporarily shutting down as a precaution. It, the video looked terrible, but hopefully you guys can breathe this morning in that area because it looked pretty bad. But let me know. You guys always let me know. It's great. This is just incredible. The Bahamas travel warning is issued in wake of 18 murders this year. In the Bahamas, 18 murders in January. Think twice about a tropical getaway to the Caribbean, or Caribbean, if you will, this winter. The U.S. Embassy in the Bahamas has released a security warning and travel advisory that the island nation is currently unsafe for tourists amidst 18 murders, primarily motivated by gang violence in January alone. The lawlessness in this world, have you guys noticed? Man, it, we've been talking about this for almost two years, the lawlessness increasing the last few weeks i've seen stuff and heard stuff i watched this these dudes kicking police officers in the face in new york city and they were here they're not legally here i think there was four guys and they've got these officers on the ground they're kicking them and kicking them and kicking them they got released without bail and i was just like first of all Anyone who would be a police officer in that city now, I just don't get how they do it. I don't get, they have no respect. Everyone they arrest gets released. It's total and complete lawlessness. It's lawlessness and it's happening all over the world. How long can all this stuff go on? Because we were told as in the days of Noah, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving a marriage, kind of living normal life when sudden destruction came. And I just feel like we're living in that time period. We're living in that time period. You guys agree? All right, this is Clown World. I don't know what parent would do this to their kid. I sure wouldn't, but a camera wearing baby taught artificial intelligence to learn words. Uh, a team of cognitive and computer scientists have successfully trained a basic artificial intelligence model to match images to words 
using just 61 hours of naturalistic footage and sound previously captured from the perspective of a child named Sam in 2013 and 14. The study, published on Thursday, used video and transcribed audio recorded by a head-mounted camera that was placed on Sam intermittently when he was six months to 25 months old. Although it's a small slice of a child's life, it was apparently enough to prompt the AI to figure out what certain nouns mean. <laughs> oh my goodness. We, we just, we live in clown world. There's no other way to put it. It's the clowniest world of all the worlds, but, but Jesus is in control and I, I don't worry about it. I just, I have to find a little humor because uh, times are dark, you know. Let's get to a couple, yeah, let's do a couple testimonies of the day and then we'll do a few comments of the day, okay? This is Thurza, I'm gonna say. I'm just using the beginning of a very long username. I was 16 years old and went to a service one Sunday night. A neighbor took me and I wanted to go forward to accept Jesus, but I was afraid to, so I went back to the car. The doors were locked. So I went back in and I accepted Jesus. I later found out that the car doors were not locked, but just for me. Thanks be to my savior. I love those kind of stories. I love those kind of stories. Those supernatural weird things. You know, I've, I've shared, I shared one of those, some, one of my videos. I don't have the time to do it right now, but I'll do it again sometime about how doors opened, literal doors opened at this event I was at. Uh, it's too long of a story for right now, but I will tell it. I told it somewhere. I don't know if it was on my testimony video. Somewhere. It's somewhere. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so disorganized in my thoughts. But all right. Next, we've got Misty. I was raised knowing the truth. My mama read the Bible to my younger sister and I for as long as I can remember. I've never, ever doubted his word, but prodigal I became. The last four years or so, Jesus has drawn me so very close. I can remember thinking when I was in my 20s and I turned 50 a couple weeks ago, oh, I'll probably be a tribulation saint. Boy, am I glad I was so wrong. Praise King Jesus. I will not feel God's wrath and I will join all my brothers and sisters in the air with our precious Savior. Hallelujah. Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Much love, River family. Thank you, Misty. It's beautiful. Yeah, a lot of people think like that. A lot of people think, oh, if I miss the rapture, I'll just be a tribulation saint. It's like, well, I hope you will because you will end up in heaven. But oh my goodness, you're going to be beheaded for your faith if you if you live long enough to be beheaded. No, don't ever think. If you're thinking like that, get off that train, man. <laughs> Come to Jesus today. Don't think it's, I'll wait. You know, there are people I've met who say that. Well, I don't know if it's true and you guys are raptured, then I'll know and then I'll turn to Jesus. Like, you won't turn to him now when your head's not on the line. What makes you think you're going to do it then? I hope, I pray you do it then. All right, comments of the day. Joey, every morning when I wake up, the rapture is the first thing that comes to my mind. I long for our, our Lord Jesus to take us home to his kingdom. Paradise awaits us, brothers and sisters. I love you all so much, and I can't wait to meet you all in the clouds. God be with you all. Thank you. Thank you, Joey. Yeah, that's the first thing that comes to my mind, and I'm sure a lot of you guys, every morning, for I wake up, all right, we're still here, Lord, maybe today, 
every day. First thing in my mind is the rapture, always. Skylar, I have to giggle when I hear people talk about getting our country back. I always remind them when they say things like that, what Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from this world. That's from John chapter 18, verse 36. Amen. Amen. If you guys think there's time to make this country great again, you don't realize how late we are. And it doesn't mean that you just, that we all just don't pay attention to anything politically and we never, you know, I'm never ever going to vote and I'm never going to get involved in any way. I'm not going to go to the board of ed and fight this thing they're trying to push on our kids because we're about to be, it doesn't mean that we're supposed to occupy, but you don't put your hope in any, anyone who's going to come along and fix this country and turn it into paradise. Though we're in the, we're in the last days. That's long gone. That's long gone. Do another one. Uh, Larry, Bible prophecy right before our eyes? Yes, eyes that have spiritual discernment and understanding that has urgency. Amen, Larry. Amen. Because we are, we are in urgent times. We're in the very last days and, and we just need to be keeping our eyes on Jesus, spreading the gospel, and just hanging in there because I'm... Uh, it, we're going to see some crazy stuff leading up to this rapture. I truly believe it. I truly believe it. I just, the, the thought, the thought of people that don't have Jesus right now, or the thought of people that are kind of, I always use the term on the fence. You know, they're just, they, they kind of believe and they kind of don't believe. They're scared to put their trust in his finished work and his atoning blood. They don't really understand what that means. They think that, you know, they're going to be restricted if they do that. They don't realize that Jesus sets us free and whom the sun sets free is free indeed. They don't realize. And I just, I'm pleading with those people on the fence. Look, choose a side, you know, either just let yourself go. And by default, you, you, you belong to Satan or come to the side. Come to Jesus' side and have eternal life. A life that I'll never be able to put into words what it's like never in a million years. I can't comprehend what heaven's like, but I know it's amazing. And I know that praising Jesus, being in that throne room, is going to be... <laughs> we'll never understand what that is until we're there. But it's going to be amazing. But I also know that rejecting the message of Jesus... It's going to be a beyond your worst nightmare. You guys who kind of say, I just don't know. My family's religious. I, I was, you know, I was a Christian, I think, as a kid. But I, I'm just tired of my parents. are always talking about religion. And, you know, I just, ah, I don't have time for this. You don't realize what you're playing with. You're playing with eternity. You're playing with the most serious thing I can tell you about in life, people will talk about the important decisions you have to make in life, where you're going to go to college, what you're going to do for your occupation, what spouse you're going to choose, how you're going to raise your kids. All right, those are all important life decisions. Whether or not to believe in what Jesus did 
is the most important decision that any human will ever make by far, bar none. You have to, you have to make a decision on it. Sad to say, most people make the wrong decision. They're like, I, I don't want that. I don't need that. I'm more good than bad. And they're headed toward eternal separation from God. It'll never, ever end. Just like heaven is forever, hell is forever. And you don't have to go there. Well, I don't want to believe in a God who would send me to hell. He's not sending you to hell. That same God you don't want to believe in sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to die for your sins, to pay for your sins with his blood so that you don't have to be eternally separated from God. That God you don't want to believe in wants to spend eternity with you. But will you take a serious look and go, wait a second, you mean all my sins are forgiven with the blood that Jesus shed? Yep, past, present, and future. You really mean, you, you really believe that Jesus went on the cross and died and was buried and rose again? Absolutely. Seen by over 500 people. If Jesus didn't rise again, we would have never heard of him. Never, never, never heard of him. Those disciples would not have put their life on the line if it was a lie. And their deaths were so horrendous, all of them, except probably John. But who was boiled in oil, they say and then exiled to the island of Patmos where he wrote the book of Revelation through the Holy Spirit's inspiration. So they were all tortured. And when you just study that alone, so many people have come to faith just by studying the disciples because something happened. They were cowards. They scattered like roaches when Jesus got arrested, right? You know, Peter was brave at first, very bad swordsman, tried to kill the guy, just cut his ear off, but Jesus healed it. But from that moment, they scattered, scared. You got Thomas. Oh, I won't believe until I put my hand in his side and put my fingers in the nails holes in his hands. I'm not going to believe. Like they were all, and all of a sudden something happened. Something happened where they could all be separated in different parts of the world, dying horrendous deaths. And they say that they were saying to them right up to the last moment, stop preaching this Jesus resurrected stuff and we'll let you live. Nope. Dragged through the streets, skinned alive, crucified upside down like Peter was. They all of a sudden had this courage because Jesus rose again and he's coming back. He's alive. We would, if he didn't resurrect, we wouldn't, that would have never lasted. It would have never lasted. It would have died down. Most false cults and stuff, they don't last that long. He died for your sins and he paid for your sins with his blood. And today is the day of salvation. Today is a day for you to say, yes, Jesus, I believe in your finished work. Yes, Jesus, I believe that your blood will wash me white as snow. I believe you resurrected. I believe you're the savior and we all need a savior. If you want to face Jesus and be with him forever, you need to understand, you need to believe he paid for your sins with his blood. And you need to believe in his finished work. And once you do that, you're saved. You're born again. You're sealed until the day of redemption. He'll never let you out of the palm of his hand. Do it. Do it today. Believe in him today. He'll set you free. Because if you reject all this, you're going to face him. 
and you're going to face him on judgment day. And what a terrible day for you. What a terrible day. I can't imagine. I praise you, Jesus, that I belong to you because I can't imagine being face to face with you and you saying to me, away from me, I never knew you. While you're looking at the scars in his hands and just thinking, you died for my sins. And I said, no, I can't imagine. Biggest nightmare. Biggest nightmare. Don't do that. Don't do that. Turn to Jesus. Understand you can have new life. Today could be the start of the greatest journey. And it's not easy. I'm never going to be that guy. A lot of, in these last days, so many pastors would tell you, come to Jesus and you know, you'll get a car and, you know, you'll get, you know, your life will be great. No, 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 no. There's an enemy called Satan and he can't stand when people turn to Jesus. He hates it. So your life doesn't get better, but, but it does get better. You take the rough spots in your life and you praise Jesus through them. I wouldn't want to face a day on this earth without Jesus now. No way. With this seven-year tribulation speeding at us choose wisely okay all right i'm gonna shut the camera off and i'm gonna pray for you guys all of you and if we're not raptured today i think it's a perfectly good day for the rapture but if we're not god willing i'll be back tomorrow okay i love you guys